Hey everyone, this is Chris Garin. Today, I'm talking about Burger King. Burger King's rivalry with McDonald's is no secret, but upon studying both brands closely, it seems like Burger King isn't anywhere close to the level that McDonald's is in. I then discovered that the reason why Burger King has never really gotten close to McDonald's level of success goes way back to when it was founded, and it continues happening all throughout its history. So to investigate, let's talk about the brand origin story of Burger King. Burger King has always been known to be keeping a close eye on what McDonald's is doing. You can see this in the products that they quite obviously copied from McDonald's. But did you know that even the reason why Burger King was launched in the first place was because of McDonald's? McDonald's was already up and running, starting at around the 1940s, but this wasn't the speedy, efficient, and standardized McDonald's that we know today. McDonald's was still being run by its original founders, Richard and Maurice, better known as the McDonald Brothers. The McDonald Brothers started out running a hot dog stand, eventually working their way to operating their first drive-in location. In order to stand out, the brothers started making improvements, most notably a system that was efficient, fast, and cost less. This is known as the speedy service system. Imagine Henry Ford's assembly line but one that's designed to produce burgers and other limited items that McDonald's sold then. Now enter Keith Kramer and his wife's uncle, Matthew Burns. Kramer and Burns are from Jacksonville, Florida, and Kramer was already running a drive-in restaurant, but it wasn't doing so well. So now, word was spreading across America about this McDonald's burger joint that's cooking amazing burgers. And when Kramer hears about this, he decides to go and visit McDonald's with Matthew Burns. Kramer and Burns go there, and they see the long lines at McDonald's. But even though the lines are really long, the lines were moving really quickly. And so Kramer and Burns, they, they figure that these guys, the McDonald's brothers, they're doing something different here. And they're doing it right. Luckily for them, they got a chance to talk to the McDonald's brothers and they learned more about the speedy service system. They soon learned that McDonald's get to charge lower prices for their burgers because of this system. Not only that, the restaurant earns more and has lower expenses. And so learning all this, it makes Kramer and Burns think, if McDonald's is doing well, imagine what we can do since we have the Insta Broiler. The Insta Broiler was a machine that allowed them to cook burgers faster, and this was something that McDonald's wasn't even using. So if they copied everything that McDonald's was doing, but with the advantage of having the Insta Broiler, they felt like they had an advantage. Low prices, fast production, and a superior burger cooking machine. With this, they can transform their drive-in into something great. And so in 1953, Keith Kramer and Matthew Burns launched their burger joint called the Insta Burger King. So yeah, right from the beginning, McDonald's was already the inspiration of Burger King, and you'll see this trend as we go along. So you know how McDonald's started out with the McDonald brothers, but then their growth was credited mainly to Ray Kroc? Well, in Burger King's case, it's because of David Edgerton and James McLemore. Edgerton and McLemore partnered up and acquired a franchise license from Insta Burger King and opened in Miami. And by 1955, Edgerton and McLemore would have four locations in the Miami area, and all four were losing money. And Insta Burger King was now at over 40 locations, but still, they were struggling. And you know what made it worse? While they were struggling, Ray Kroc is now at the helm of McDonald's, and it was growing at an explosive pace. Not only that, because of McDonald's success, other entrepreneurs were now racing to build something that could grow to become the biggest fast food chain in America. 
So burger chains such as Whataburger in Texas and Jack in the Box in California entered the scene. In response to these threats, in 1959, the partners acquired the national rights of the entire burger chain and then started selling territorial licenses to private franchisees across the US. They made big changes. First, they were unsatisfied with the original Instabroiler, so they invented their own. And this one made use of a mechanized gas grill, and they called it the Flame Broiler. This one worked so well that it became the standard for all Burger King locations. Oh, and when they dropped the Insta Broiler, they also dropped the name Insta Burger King and just switched it to Burger King. Next, Burger King introduces their king mascot, and he's simply called the Burger King. And there was even an animated version called Kurger Bing. But most importantly, Burger King was about to launch its secret weapon. Edgerton and McLemore noticed that a rival burger joint was doing well in selling a bigger burger. Inspired by this, the Whopper was born. The Whopper was a success and it supercharges Burger King's expansion. But despite this, its success was only short-lived. By 1961, Burger King wasn't even the second biggest burger chain in America. It was trailing behind the now-defunct Burger Chef, which has 73 locations. And McDonald's was at first with 200 locations. It was also around this time that Ray Kroc has bought out the McDonald brothers. With full control, Ray Kroc leads McDonald's into its golden age of just pure growth. Even with the success of the Whopper, Burger King continued to struggle and thus brings us to one big reason why Burger King could not catch up to McDonald's. Now, there's a lot of reasons but I think this one played a big role and that's leadership. You see, over the course of Burger King's history, it got acquired several times. And each acquisition means that new owners lay off the old executives and install their own. A new management team to execute a new vision. And I'm guessing that it's pretty normal for companies to do this, but it really doesn't help if your competitor is McDonald's. Which, although may have had leadership problems of their own, it was under the leadership of Ray Kroc while it was growing. In Burger King's case, I'm just going to do a quick run through all of the ownership changes, okay? So in 1967, Burger King was acquired by the Pillsbury Company. I'm sure you know them. They're the ones who sell pancakes. The one with the Pillsbury Doughboy. Then in 1988, Pillsbury then sells Burger King to Grand Metropolitan. Then in 1997, Grand Metropolitan merges with Guinness and forms Diageo. And in 2002, Diageo sells Burger King to TPG Capital. And then finally, in 2010, it is acquired again by its current owner, 3G Capital. So that is a lot of transitions and changes. And while Burger King was adjusting to each leadership change, McDonald's was just steamrolling its way to world domination. But let's go back a bit to Burger King's battles, where Burger King started getting down and dirty, and it actually gets a little fun. So around the late 1960s or 1970s, Burger King approved an ad campaign. They were already set on running these ads, like they've already invested in TV slots and other media placements. But then, right before they were supposed to run these ads, they get a call from their legal department. Apparently, there's been a mix-up. You see, Burger King was about to launch its burger bar where people can customize their burger. And to highlight this, the ad campaign was gonna use the slogan, Have it your way. But then it turns out this slogan was trademarked by Burger King's rival, Burger Chef. So Burger King had a decision to make. Don't run the ads and lose millions on the ad space they've already bought. Or run the ads and get sued by Burger Chef. 
And sure enough, Burger King decided to run the ads. And of course, they had to battle it out in court. But unfortunately for Burger Chef, the court sides with Burger King. And seeing that they were on the losing end, Burger Chef agrees to settle for a measly $100,000. A massive mistake for Burger Chef. Why? Because this campaign, it works so well that it fuels Burger King's growth, which results in it overtaking Burger Chef in second place. And because of the help of this ad, Burger King ends up growing to over 1,100 locations, while Burger Chef got left behind at 950. And this wasn't the last time that Burger King risked getting sued just to run controversial ads. In the 1980s, Burger King invested $40 million and ran a couple of ads that actually mentioned competitors' names. So this was quite significant because ads used to only make allusions or indirect references to the competition. But the ones that Burger King was about to run, it actually mentioned their closest rivals, McDonald's and Wendy's. And so begins the Burger Wars. At this time, we'd like to offer our sympathy to McDonald's and Wendy's. You see, the Whopper beat the Big Mac for best taste overall among consumers of both burgers. In a similar test, we beat Wendy's single. Now that may have surprised McDonald's and Wendy's. Well, so we just wanted to say, it's okay guys, winning isn't everything. But it sure is fun. Aren't you hungry for Burger King now? I can just imagine how infuriating this must have been for McDonald's and Wendy's. And I'm not even sure how accurate the tests are. And when they met in court, McDonald's did contest the accuracy of the tests. But Burger King wasn't done just yet. When I order a regular burger at McDonald's, they make it with 20% less meat than Burger King. Luckily, I know a perfect way to show McDonald's how I feel. I go to Burger King. Aren't you hungry for Burger King now? Oh, and if you're not aware, that was actually Sarah Michelle Geller at five years old. Now, interesting story about this. Sarah Michelle Geller was around five years old in this ad, and apparently, when Burger King got sued for this by McDonald's, she was also implicated because she showed up in over 30 ads for Burger King. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, McDonald's was outraged when Burger King ran these attack ads and sued Burger King for 25 million US dollars. So, of course, when they ran these ads, McDonald's sent them a message. They were threatening to sue them. And what Burger King did, they were just trying to buy time. They were stalling. And eventually, when they finally met up in court, Burger King asked McDonald's and Wendy's, guys, if we stop running the ads, will you drop the case? Now, whether Burger King was forced to pay damages or not, the spike in sales that they got from this, it was well worth the trouble. And just when McDonald's thought that Burger King was done, Burger King runs another ad. This one also caused another spike in sales, but only until Wendy's responded with their own ad, which became viral. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call the single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? 
I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. The Where's the Beef campaign causes Wendy's sales to jump by up to 30%. And unfortunately for Burger King, it ran a couple of ads that misfired. And by the mid-90s, Burger King sales were down by 25%. Which leads us to another reason why Burger King is struggling to catch up with McDonald's. So, although Burger King has some good products, one particular product that simply is nothing in comparison to McDonald's is their french fries. McDonald's fries are the gold standard of french fries, and it's their most profitable product. Reports say that margins on fries are around 80%, and although Burger King has fries, they pale in comparison. So in January 1998, Burger King schedules the launch of its new and improved fries. And they were pretty confident because according to taste tests, 57% of people think that it's better than McDonald's. And this actually frightened McDonald's for a while. So in late 1987, knowing that Burger King will launch their new fries, backed with a massive marketing budget with ads scheduled to run during the Super Bowl, McDonald's ordered all locations to be extra vigilant on their fries. Top management wanted to make sure that they served the very best version of their fries in the next few months. But then, weeks before the new Burger King's fries were scheduled to be launched, Burger King franchisees make a frightening discovery. So when the batch of fries arrived, they were really excited because these are all really hyped up. And so franchisees start test cooking the fries to see if they're actually good and to see if they can cook it the right way. But then they soon realize that it's all crisp and no taste. So these new fries, just like their other products, they come with instructions and they're taught how to cook it. They soon discover that if you just deviate even just by a little bit or make a small error in the cooking process, it would completely ruin the fries. I mean, you can standardize the system, the process, but there has to be a bigger margin of error, and this one had none. And when they realized this, it was already too late. The new fries, they were already distributed to all Burger King locations, and the ad spots were about to run. And when the new Burger King fries were launched, the results were horrifying. Fry sales were so bad that Burger King franchisees ordered 14% fewer fries simply because they couldn't sell them. And it would take Burger King around 3 years to make the improvements to their fries that ensures consistency, but this was just way too late. And that's the problem here. Product innovation. You see, while Burger King has been busy with their changes in leadership, McDonald's was innovating on new products. In 1967, McDonald's launched the Big Mac. In 1978, the breakfast menu. And in early 1980, while Burger King was busy running their attack ads, McDonald's launched the McNuggets. These are all successful products that people keep coming back for. And maybe that's why, although Burger King got some success with their ads, they didn't last long because there wasn't a good enough product that would convince people to come back and eat again at Burger King. Even the most brilliant and clever ads can't help a bad product. And all Burger King kept doing was to simply make their version of these McDonald's bestsellers. And sometimes they can't even do it right, like with what happened to the new fries. But okay, to be fair, McDonald's does a lot of copying too, okay? Like the McFlurry, it's, it's an obvious ripoff of Dairy Queen's Blizzard. Oh, and did you know that there's actually a Wikipedia page dedicated to just talking about all the lawsuits against McDonald's because of them copying products? But yeah, the results of all these missteps by Burger King? In 2013, Wendy's took the lead, and it became the second biggest burger chain in America. 
But this may have been the wake-up call that Burger King needed because after this happened, Burger King got its act together. Under the ownership of their current owner, 3G Capital, led by Daniel Schwartz, they finally addressed their problems. Burger King was determined to restore the brand's greatness, and so management made big changes. For one, Burger King started functioning like a startup rather than a big corporation, which is very important. All of its company-owned stores were converted into franchise locations, which reduced its workforce from 38,000 to only a little over 2,000. And they also made franchising easier. And surprise, surprise, they got more franchisees, resulting in a rapid global expansion. They also found a way to lower costs. CEO Daniel Schwartz ordered the closure of several lavish offices, and they also slashed several executive perks. They even have this annual million-dollar party in Italy. They also scrapped that one too. And perhaps their biggest and boldest move? They acquired Tim Hortons. And it's actually only now that I found out that Tim Hortons is three times bigger than Burger King. That's why they, they needed to invest $11.4 billion to acquire it. This formed the Restaurant Brands International. And in 2017, Restaurant Brands acquired Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen for $1.8 billion. These are great moves, but Burger King has a long way to go. According to a report by WPP and Cantar, in terms of brand value for fast food brands, Burger King's brand value is at $17.2 billion, whereas McDonald's brand value is at $130 billion. That's around 18 times the size of Burger King, so it's not even close. But hey, who knows? If Burger King keeps doing what it's doing, maybe it can finally dethrone McDonald's. And just maybe, it can finally actually be king. And so that's about it guys. Now you know about the brand origin story of Burger King. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends about brand origins. We're still really small, so every share, every subscription, it really means a lot to us. If you want to get the latest updates, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The video version of this will also be on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash brandorigins. This episode was made by Partisan. Visit partisanbrands.com. This is Chris Garin. I'll catch you again next time on another episode of Brand Origins.